Well, hello, church, and uh, happy new year to you. I uh, just welcome you here to our first time together, not together, in uh, 2022. It, uh, I was thinking about it this week, and it just feels like 2022, it's just, it, in my mind, it sounds so futuristic. I don't know. It's just crazy that we're here already. And uh, I thought we'd be uh, driving uh, planes by now and, and like flying cars. But uh, here we are, 2022, and you guys are, are stuck in your homes. And so I uh, bless you. I so desperately miss you. This just feels so, so wrong. And uh, I also ask for your grace because I'm, I'm literally here by myself today. And so uh, I hope it translates. But know that my heart is for you, the Lord's heart especially, is for you, and he has a good, good plan for your life. And so as we get to do life with Jesus together, uh, we get to press in. So I welcome you here. January is our month of prayer and fasting. Uh, there is a prayer guide on the website. Maybe some of you who are using YouTube instead of the website to view this today, maybe you missed that. There's a prayer guide on the website, which is for the whole month. Uh, so don't be alarmed when you get it. It's for the whole month, and it, it, I'll, I'm going to explain it uh, in a little more detail, actually, at the end of the message today. But it's in PDF form. You can download it. You can print it out. It's, it's a devotional prayer guide for this month of prayer and fasting together. I really, really, really encourage you to join us in that as we do this together. There's power in that. Um, it's safe to say right now for announcements, there's not much happening as far as gathering goes, but I do encourage you to devotion to Jesus, devotion to our God, spending time with him, digging into his word for yourself, and of course, contact others. Have those that we're allowed to in our homes and, um, and just go for it. Be the church together, even though we can't gather on a Sunday. Um, just one other announcement. I wanted to just make sure that you knew that for the next three weeks, uh, so starting Monday the 3rd, I'm, I'm gone. Uh, for, I'm taking three weeks, uh, but you can contact any of the elders. You should have received an email about this already, but in case you missed it, you can contact any of the elders if any needs arise in this time. And, um, you know, I'm just going to take some time to, to recoup, to, to recharge, to pray, obviously spend time with my family. We're going to do some fun stuff together and to catch up on life stuff, house stuff. Uh, so if you think of it, pray for us as a family. Uh, pray for rest and, and vision and recuperation. And, uh, you know, it's hard to plan right now. But in some form, just look forward to this. At, at the end of the month, on Sunday, January 30th, mark it on your calendars, Sunday, January 30th, we're going to close out our month of prayer and fasting. And somehow we are going to do that together. We don't know what the restrictions will be at that point, but for right now, we are planning however many people we can have here, we will have here, and we will gather as the church to pray. There might be multiple time slots if we have to do that. We'll pray and we'll worship together. I think it's vital that we gather together as the church to pray and to worship. So we'll be flexible and we'll do what we can, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but I think that's it for announcements, so, so why don't we just get into it for today? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I stand here, and I know that there are, there are people that you're going to use this, this time on this screen to bless I pray that you would, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be sensitive to what you're doing, that you would be an encourager, that you would be our portion, God, that as we take time to pray, intentionally pray, as a body here, that you would indeed move in powerful ways. Lord, we've seen it. And we say, yes, Lord, do it again. Do it again. We love you. Lord, keep our hearts attentive to you in this time. And I pray that by some miracle, you take what this is right here, right now, through a camera lens and a screen 
Lord, I pray that you would take it and that you would move in it and through it in our hearts, in our lives, God, that we would follow you and love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I invite you, make sure you have your Bibles with you because we will dig into some scripture today. But I just really, you know, as we get into this month of prayer and fasting, I just want to, right off the top, just share, you know my heart, but I, many of you um, are newer as well. So my heart and my experience uh, with prayer. Um, for the last 11 years, I, I, I can actually like mark it on a, on a calendar that God grabbed my heart for prayer. He placed a deep hunger for prayer in my heart. And it was at an Encounter God retreat uh, 11 years ago. Um, you know why it's been such a big deal to me since then? Because it is a vital connection point to God. You know, I was, I was saved and I had declared my allegiance to Jesus and, and I, I, I genuinely appreciated him for that and believed on him for salvation. But you know what? Nobody ever walked me through what the Christian life would actually look like. And my heart is to bring us along and, and disciple us in these things. And prayer is, has been huge, huge for me because it's vital to my connection with my Father. Since I've really dug into just recognizing the importance of prayer, uh, I've witnessed countless answers to prayer. Leah quite often will keep a, just a running praise list on, on our refrigerator door uh, and just write down an, answered prayers on there. And it's wonderful to look at and just praise the Lord for those things. He answers prayer. I've seen miracles happen right before my eyes. I've seen miraculous provision. I've seen healing. And best of all, best of all, hear me on this, is the experience of the presence of God in my life. That it's actually a real relationship and not just intellect. Without prayer, I, I don't think I would have much known God at all. Yet, with prayer, I, I get to know him more. Always accompanied by the word, of course. Those two things alone. The word of God as written in scripture and prayer have changed me. Well, it's God who's changed me, but those have been the vehicles that he's, that he's used. Without prayer, I wouldn't have known him in the way that I do. Yet prayer is one of those things. We see that we understand the value of it, but we must choose. We must choose to pray because it's a discipline. And it's actually work, but it's good work. Because in this work, there is abundant profit in this work. More than we could ever imagine. Um, Jim Cimbala, uh, he's a great blessing to me in the area of prayer. He's a pastor in Brooklyn, New York. He says this, Prayer is the opening of the heart so we can receive all these good things that God has for us every day. It's like sitting down at a table that God has prepared for us. He says, I have everything you need today. All the grace, all the wisdom, all the provision that you need, but sit down at the table and eat. Don't be so rushed and so busy and try to live without my supply. That's a, that's a really good word, and it's true. It's, that's how it works with the Lord. I love that at the end there. He says, don't be so rushed. Amen? Don't be so rushed. I believe that we rush through prayer. We rush primarily because deep down, we don't actually believe that God has enough. But hear me today, God has enough for you. We don't believe that God is enough. He is enough. We need to get. We need to acquire. We feel like it. We need to make it on our own. But the Lord is our provider. And being with him and just simply knowing him is the greatest joy and the deepest getting that we could ever get. You know, we've taught a lot, a lot about prayer here. Uh, I think we all know 
intellectually, if you're a believer in Jesus, almost every believer in Jesus knows intellectually that prayer is a good thing. We all know that prayer is a good thing, yet every single person that I talk to, whether you've been a believer for a month or you've been a believer for 60 years, always says they could pray more. Even the giants, those just amazing prayer warriors, still say, yeah, but we could press in, we could pray more. So take that, take that to heart. Sometimes there's a danger in information overload because we've talked about prayer a lot and there is so much to talk about and, and that can be a good thing, but sometimes there is a danger in information overload. overload. <laughs> the Lord, he tells us to pray. He clearly says that there's blessing upon blessing when we come to him in prayer. And it's for him and it's for us. It's kind of like when you, when you ask your kids to do something. It's for their good and it's best for the family. Let's say you ask your son to take out the garbage. You've been through this a few dozen, hundred times. But when the request comes, hey, could you take out the garbage? So does the question. Why do I have to do that? Why? Well, it's not that they don't know why. You know why. You know exactly why. The garbage needs to go out. But you're resisting obedience because maybe you just aren't convinced. So church, I think today, if I had a word for us, it's just time to commit. It's time to commit, trust our Father and obey. And then you will see the blessing of the why. Just like it's time to commit and take out the garbage so that you see the blessing of your house not stinking. Commit, trust, dig in, pray, and see the blessing that God has promised. I don't think we need terribly much more teaching on prayer this morning. I think we need to simply submit our hearts to Jesus. I believe if we would just submit our hearts to Jesus, I, I feel pressure sometimes as a pastor uh, from many to convince you to do something with the Lord. I do not need to convince you. The Lord is after those who hunger and thirst for him. I can help you get there if you're confused. But I think we simply need to submit. Submit. It's not a popular phrase. Say. We need to submit to the Lord. Submit our hearts to Jesus and press into relationship with him. To gain insight into his heart. To, that's what happens. You gain insight into his heart and he imparts that to you. To know his will. And that those truths, his heart and his will, would transform us from the inside out. Amen? I mean, we want that. So it's time to submit. It's not time to say, well, I don't know enough yet, or I'm not sure. Just submit and pray. Just pray. So the next few weeks, we will have teaching on prayer. Uh, but for today, I'm going to give us just a little insight into, into some fasting that the Lord was highlighting me through, to me through the prophet Zechariah. And then I'm going to lead us through praying for some major things I believe the Lord wants for our hearts to be aligned with here at Pine Ridge. And I'm going to ask that you engage with that both today and throughout the month. I'm going to explain it a little bit here and then just let you go for the month and just Pray for these things as you follow along with that prayer guide uh, in your home. And trust me, you will be blessed. All right, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Zechariah chapter 7. Zechariah is near the end of the Old Testament. And it's kind of, if you crack your Bible open near the middle, uh, or if you know where to find Matthew, go a couple books back from there. And you will find Zechariah. Zechariah is a very confusing book <laughs> to some, but it's also incredibly, incredibly rich. I mean, it's scripture. How could it not be, right? But we come to Zechariah, and Zechariah is a prophet. And he's prophesying to the people of Jerusalem. And he's prophesying there 
to a people that have, at this point, uh, there was Israel and Judah, and they were taken into captivity, right? And then many ended up in Babylon, and now they, the exile has been over after 70 years in exile. And these people now have come back to Jerusalem and started to rebuild the wall. You read about it in Ezra and in Nehemiah. They've rebuilt the wall. They've rebuilt the temple. They're working on it. And uh, they are starting to rebuild this nation. Yet this nation of Israel is, is not what it once was. It's just a, just a tiny, tiny piece of its former glory. It used to be massive. And so these people now, they find themselves, they've been back for a couple of years. The wall has been rebuilt. The temple is rebuilt. They're starting to settle in the outskirts, uh, little, little smaller towns outside of Jerusalem. And we, see, we read something here in chapter 7 that is, that is very, in, very interesting. So when, the, when they were out in exile, when, when the Israelites were out in exile, they started fasts, and they would do it twice a year. And it was this regular ritual, this fast that they would have, and they would mourn their exile. It's much like we do in November for us, in Remembrance Day, and when we commemorate two world wars. And now these people, they commemorate their exile by a solemn fast. And so at this point, we see people coming from just outside of Jerusalem, and they're coming into town because they've been keeping these fasts, even though they're not in exile anymore. And they're wondering how long they need to remember. How long do we need to keep doing these things? And so we'll pick it up in verse 2 of chapter 7 in Zechariah. Now the people of Bethel had sent Sherezer and Regem Melech and their men to entreat the favor of the Lord, saying to the priests of the house of the Lord of hosts and the prophets, Should I weep and abstain in the fifth month as I have done for so many years? So what they're asking here, they're asking, do we need to keep this fast going? Do we need to keep doing this? And then Zechariah answers them here. It says, Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, When you fasted and mourned in the fifth month and in the seventh for these seventy years, was it for me that you fasted? And when you eat and when you drink, do you not eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? Were not these the words that the Lord proclaimed by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and prosperous with her cities around her and the south and the lowland were inhabited? And the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor, and let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. That's the word of the Lord for us today. And so we see here that Zechariah rebukes the people for fasting. Now, we've been fasting here for many years every January. But what, what Zechariah brings out here is, is that these people's fast was selfish. The Lord says to them, when you were fasting all those years, was it for me that you fasted? Boy, and we pause and we think, boy, haven't we been taught in many different areas that fasting is to get something from God. Many people wouldn't say it like that, but they say fast and you will get and fast and you will get and fast and you will get. And yes, there are many blessings to fasting, but that's not the point and that's not the heart and the core piece of why we fast. God said, was it for me that you fasted? I take that to mean, why weren't you fasting for what breaks my heart? I lost my chosen people because of their rebellion. Shouldn't you be sad? Shouldn't you be mourning for me? And then when you feast, do you not 
eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves, the, the fasts were entirely selfish. They were entirely selfish. And so as we fast and as we pray together, as a body here at Pine Ridge, I just really want to encourage us. We are fasting for God's heart. We are fasting for him. I think of it this way. It is, it is said in the New Testament that the saints, those who believe in Jesus, are actually God's inheritance, that we are his inheritance. And so we fast for God. We fast for his inheritance, that we would align our hearts and our wills to his. And so that's why we fast. And then he goes on, and in verse 9, he says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, render true judgment. So be honest with one another. Have justice. It says, show kindness and mercy to one another. Have good relationships, you guys. Be loving. Don't just do the outward fasts and pray, but actually let this be a part of your life. Change your ways. It says, do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor. And let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. And so today, this month, we fast for our Lord and for him. We want God to have his inheritance in the saints. We want God's will to be done. And so as I pray and I ponder what the Lord would have for us in this next season, I think of the state of the world right now. And I am compelled to lead us to focus on a theme of massive importance in the kingdom of heaven. And that's relationships. Relationships. Think about it. Relationships. He's talking about fasting here. He says, you, you need to actually have good relationships. This is more important. Show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the poor, the widow, the fatherless. Take care of people. That's God's heart. That's God's will. If we think of, we just came through the, the book of Matthew, and we think of the Sermon on the Mount. Remember when we wrapped that up, it, it, God's law, God's moral compass is all about relationships. You think of the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second to love your neighbor as yourself. It's about relationships. It's about relationships. You look at the New Testament letters to the churches, and all over, it is about the church being one, the church working on relationship and loving each other. That's, that's the way, that's the culture, that's the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, that Jesus came to restore us to relationship. And in fact, that is eternal Life, according to John chapter 17, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is a relationship with a God who loves you, who loves you deeply. And so we look to relationships. We look to build relationships. We look to restore relationships. We look to maintain relationships. And we can all admit that relationships are some of the hardest things in life. We honestly live in an age where relationships are disposable. If someone disagrees with you, you can just unfriend them. You don't have to be their friend anymore. Not so in the kingdom of heaven. Not so. We're called to forgiveness. We're called to bearing with one another. We're called to love, which hopes and endures all things. Amen? And so this month, because it is so under attack and because it is God's heart and we're fasting unto him, we're going to focus the next four weeks, starting this week, I really encourage you, get that prayer guide, print it out, have it on your tablet, on your phone, whatever you need to do, spend time in it. We're going to spend four weeks pursuing different areas of relationship in prayer. We're going to be praying for these things and also asking God to work in our hearts in these things. And the first one is our relationship with God. That's, that's starting this week, our relationship with God. And so under every week, 
this is just how how felt we should structure it this time. There's going to be three different things under each subheading that we will pray for and that we will work on, okay? So under relationship with God, purity, purity before him, dealing with sin, right? Dealing with that sin that just robs us of intimate relationship with God. We're also going to be praying and, and digging into a passion for Jesus. Jesus is passionate. We've talked about this so much, passionate about his people being passionate for him. In Revelation chapter 2, he tells the church that he will remove their lampstand. They're doing all sorts of wonderful ministry, but he will take their lampstand away, their influence and their light in the world. He will take it away if they do not return to their first love of Jesus. Passion for Jesus is very important. And we will also uh, focus on praying for character growth. God is far more concerned about your character than your giftedness or what you do for him or your personal accomplishments. God is about your character being molded and formed and shaped as we submit to his Holy Spirit working on our lives to become more like Jesus from glory to glory, right? And so we're focusing on, on those three things. And in fact, if you need to get set, we're actually going to, as we work through these four things, we're going to pause and we're going to pray together today. And we won't take a super long time on it. Uh, you'll have more extended time as you dig into this prayer guide. But for today, uh, we're going to pray for this. We're going to pray that many at Pine Ridge are awakened and restored to deep, passionate relationship with God. That we would seek the Lord and that he would increasingly manifest, make known, make obvious his presence with us in our homes as we gather. And so I'm going to turn up a little bit of music here and you can turn it down if it's distracting to you. It's okay. And I just invite you, if you're sitting together with a family, just take turns praying. Just, you know, your words don't have to be anything special or just give God your heart. We need a relationship with him. This is where it begins. And we desperately want to grow in maturity and deepness of relationship with our God. So I'm just going to leave this for a couple minutes here. And then, uh, and then I'll invite us back to the next topic. Thanks. Let's pray. John chapter 14, 
verse 21 says, Jesus says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Have you known the manifest, the obvious, made known presence of Jesus in your life? Maybe start with the obedience of coming to him in prayer. He says, come to me. And so, so come to him. If you're needing any extra time uh, on any of these prayer points, by all means, um, just pause and uh, spend time praying together. Uh, maybe you're on your own, uh, just extended prayer time. You don't have distractions happening. Um, there's no time limit to this whatsoever. But for the sake of this video, um, I, will, I will continue on. The second, after, we're, after we work through a week of, of praying through um, our relationship with God, we're going to focus on church relationships. Guys, I, I bless you. Many of you have had no issues in this whatsoever in the last couple of years. But I tell you, there, it, it's enough that I, I needed to bring it up. That there is many, many in the church that just have issues with people. It's, there's been issues for so long that you don't even know what the issues are anymore. But there's just an offense and that grieves the heart of God. And so we're fasting and we're praying for God to do a work in our hearts. And so we're praying for unity. We're praying that our church is a place where we can trust each other. That we can actually trust each other. They say that trust is earned in pennies and spent in dollars. And that's true. It takes time to earn trust. But would we have integrity and be trustworthy. We're going to press into the Lord and ask for help in that and, uh, and just get right with him in that too. And then we're also going to pray for vibrant small groups. You know, our, our, it's just a natural um, part of what the pandemic has brought along is that our small groups, uh, many have ceased. Um, it ha they haven't been tended in a couple years. Uh, many of them, uh, there's a couple that are still going, but you know what? We just need to really pray for vibrant small groups. It's, it's fascinating that the church was born in a prayer meeting. It was born in a prayer meeting. And yet, we don't get together in small groups and pray and fellowship. Well, not very much anymore. And so I'm praying. I'm praying for vibrant small groups, both those that are existing to be just infused with energy from the Lord and also that many vibrant small groups, godly communities within Pine Ridge would, would begin. And so we're praying for that together as a body. So again, uh, we're going to pray that our church is a holy community one that can trust each other, is unified in the Holy Spirit. This takes a lot of humility and that we would love well. We pray for the strengthening of the small groups existing and for many vibrant groups to begin here. If you're not a part of a group, I invite you to reach out. And, and in the springtime here, we're going to be uh, looking at organizing and seeing who's interested and who wants to get involved. And we're going to be revamping this together as the need arises. So let's pray for this. Let's pray for our church relationships. I, won't, I don't need to beat around the bush. There's, there is some healing needed here, and I'm believing the Lord for healing, that relationships will be made right over this next month as we seek the Lord and as we humble ourselves in obedience to him. So let's pray for that together here.
In, uh, in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying and he's praying for the church. He's praying for his disciples and, and then he prays for all who will believe. And that's you and that's me. And he, he says this, that he, as he's praying, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Church, it's a big deal to the heart of Jesus that we would be one, that we would have right relationships. He said, just like the Son and the Father are one, so should we be. There's nothing closer than that. And Jesus is praying for that. And will we partner with his heart in this? Will we press into prayer and obedience in this area? Lord, have your way in us. Have your way. Amen. Well, the third group we're going to look at is, is family relationships. And, and to me, this feels like perhaps the most daunting of, of the four. This is the third one. Uh, maybe you come from a very wonderful family and it's not so daunting, but family can be a place of the greatest joys, but it can also be a place of the deepest hurts and wounds. And so as we work through family relationships, and now I, I want to acknowledge that families look different today uh, than, than traditionally, and, and maybe you're living with People that are your family that aren't your biological family, we're praying for them. We're praying for these family relationships, okay? And our biological family relationships. We're praying for and we're working through forgiveness. That's huge for, for families. Because these are the people you're closest with and they give us much reason to practice forgiveness. Really felt led to go over restitution as well to pray for restitution to be made. It's not a, a popular word, but basically restitution uh, means that uh, something that was lost or stolen uh, would be returned to somebody. And that we would be ones making restitution. Have you stolen uh, dignity or, or self-worth or encouragement from someone? I'm hoping that this month we see those things restored and apology and encouragement given to our families. And yes, maybe even physical restitution from something as well. We're praying for these things, that families would be healed and families would be whole and, and that families in, in God's family would be a beautiful thing. Would be a beautiful thing. So let's pray together. Pray for healthy family relationships. Whether you're an empty nester, whether you're a single person out on your own, we all have families somewhere. We're praying for healthy family relationships in the church, that relational forgiveness and healing would be poured out in our midst. Broken families just keep people down in their lives. And I believe that the Lord wants to heal this. And as much as depends on us, we're going to press into him and obey him for this. We're praying for restoration and for protection for the future, for those families who are healthy at the moment, for protection from the evil one. So let's pray for these things together.
Looking forward to that week as we press in together over the next few weeks. And uh, we'll move on to our last area of relationships that we're going to be praying for this month, and that's community relationships. We pray for our community quite often here, and we're, we're actually praying uh, for some very specific things. We're praying for favor in our community. Um, the culture that we live in is more and more becoming increasingly opposed to Christians and the ways of Jesus. And history has told us that that can result in churches losing freedoms and in churches then also tragically just holding up and becoming clubs and cliques and hiding out from the big bad world. But that does nobody any good. We're supposed to be a light, a blessing. And so we're praying for favor. We're praying for soft hearts and for opportunities then. Opportunity to serve people, to love people outside of these walls. That we would have opportunities to love, to bless, to pour out abundance to our community. And we're praying for lost souls that would be saved. We're praying for the lost, just like we do often. We just need to keep pressing in for those people. We need to keep petitioning God, asking that his spirit would, would chase them down and that they would respond and find salvation in Jesus. And so we're praying for favor, opportunity in our community to see the lost found and knowing Jesus. Pray specifically to, here's something that's really going to be a big point for us is Hillside Youth Drop-In. We're going to pray really, really, really pray this month for Hillside Drop-In. You know, it hasn't been going well. Uh, many of you know that uh, we have been working through with SCC and, and YFC, working for towards getting YFC to get a full-time director there to run that ministry full-time. And uh, you know what? It just has not been going very well. We have hit roadblock after roadblock. But we really feel that this ministry is important. And the opportunity, you know, even the opportunity to extend favor in our community by having something like this, the opportunity to uh, seek and to save the lost, to minister to the young people in Oak Bank. We really want to pray for this together. So we're praying specifically for clarity in how to go about that, for provision for that drop-in, and that usefulness and fruitfulness would come out of that place for the Hillside Youth Drop-In in Oak Bank, that God would allow further ministry there. We are pressing in and we are going to be asking God that our community would be blessed by Hillside and that we'd be able to be a part of it. So why don't we lift that up to the Lord together? Community relationships. Let's do this together.
In Acts chapter 17, we see Paul addressing the Areopagus, and he says this about, as he's explaining to them the gospel, he, he says this in, in Acts 17, verse 26 and 27. He says this, he says, He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So God is sovereign, and he has determined when and where you live so that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. You are where you are for a reason. You are when you are for a reason, that you should seek God and so that you could be used of God to help others find him because he is not far from any one of us. Amen? Awesome. So, that's what we're going to do the next month. I'm going to do that on my time off from home, and I ask that you join us. Um, I'm going to invite you. Uh, here's a, some of the details that we're going to be working through. This, this, is a, this is the sheet that you will find on our website that you can print off or put on your tablet or on your phone, and it's, a, it's basically a devotional resource. And, and the first page is going to be an overview and a vision of what this is all about, um, much of it which we have uh, gone through today. And then there's two pages for every week. Uh, for four weeks, and we're going to have some daily prayer points, just these four uh, topics to pray for daily. And then we're, there's going to be three days, three days each week that you can go through in your devotions to there's going to be scripture. I really encourage you. Uh, there's scripture references in here. Look up. Have your Bibles with you. Look up the scripture as you go through it. Um, meditate on the scripture in prayer over these points. And uh, really press in. Um, this is going to be a resource for us this month as we do this together. I'm really looking forward to hearing testimonies of what God's going to do. If you will press in, I know that you will meet with the Lord. I know that you will. And so I invite you to that. Uh, as far as fasting goes, I'm inviting you to fast with me every Wednesday in the month of January. What that looks like practically, tangibly, is this. Many people will, will go and, and they will uh, abstain from different things, whether it's media, social media, um, Different, certain types of food, but what I'm actually asking us for is the traditional biblical sense of fasting to, to abstain from food on Wednesdays. And so you can choose. That would be either skip a meal, um, skip two meals, breakfast and lunch, or the whole day. Fast. Don't have any food. And take the time to pray. Take that time to pray. Every time those your stomach rumbles. Let it be a reminder to prayer. Let it be a physical declaration that you actually want relationship with God more than food, that you hunger for him more than you do food. And so I encourage you to press into that with us. Every Wednesday, we're going to be fasting and praying and really praying for these four pieces of relationship for our church. It's going to be so worth it. It's going to be so worth it. I'm believing with my whole heart that in an age where relationships seem to be tossed aside based on differences of opinion or personality quirks, I'm believing for renewal in our hearts. I'm believing that the church is going to rise up and fight for good relationship because it's the heart of God. I'm believing for renewal in the hearts for many to relationship with God in deeper and deeper ways, and deeper maturity. I'm believing for the church to be unified, walking in integrity, in love. I'm believing for families to be restored to health and healed, and for the church to bless the community deeply in the name of Jesus as he gives us opportunity in the days ahead. And no doubt that will come with much obedience. Would you pray with me, church, this month? Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Lord, I pray blessing over this body. 
over the month ahead. I pray that you would speak loud and clear and that you would have amazing, amazing encounter with your people. Lord, I believe that you can do that. And so I pray that as we seek you, we would find you. That as we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. Lord, would you manifest yourself to your church in the days ahead. Lord, I ask for perseverance, for your insight and your presence. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, and uh, I'll see you in a few weeks. God bless.